Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Hope you enjoyed the long weekend. It's another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Fingers crossed. You know how technology can be sometimes. I want to welcome to the show my uh, guest co-host for the day, joining me from the island of Maui, Jordan Helly. Jordan, are you there? I'm here. Yeah. Oh, man. That brings a smile to my face. Yeah, it's all good, man. I um, <laughs> we were able to get connected. Big thanks to Liz on yeah. the controls. There's so many buttons, you know, that 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 you got to press and you got to flip the switches, yeah, and all kinds of things like that. And uh, you know, sometimes sometimes we uh, we figure it out at the last second, but it always works. Hey, out. hey, we're on the air now, and that's the main thing, Liz. Thank you. You are an MVP, uh, Tanner Hayworth out there. Uh, we're gonna nickname you Tanner Hayworth every penny because uh, you are you are the man. We appreciate your assistance uh, as well. Yeah, Jordan Helly is joining me. 808-296-1420 is the number to call if you have any question or comment. It was a pretty loaded weekend, both on the local sports front and the national sports front. Uh, what was maybe the sporting event you found yourself paying the most attention to uh, here this past weekend? Were you kind of like an NBA All-Star festivities guy this weekend? Were you uh, watching uh, the Genesis Invitational at Riviera? Um, were you uh, watching UH baseball, at least the day that Spectrum Sports did uh, broadcast <laughs> baseball? Uh, or, or were you just listening to all the coverage here on uh, ESPN Home? Uh, we also had UH men's volleyball and Wahine basketball. I mean, it was a wide uh, swath of, of different options that you had. Yeah, uh, I, naturally, my, my dial is always tuned to ESPN Honolulu and <laughs> um, the, the family of networks. Oh, um, man. It's, it's the tab on my YouTube page. Uh, so good. Uh, so the good. App, the app, uh, the Sideline Hawaii app is always uh, front this guy. and center. Just uh, spin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I didn't watch very much of the All-Star game uh, or festivities at all uh, at, at the NBA level. Uh, I was most locked into to Tiger because ah. that's the Tiger effect, right? And and so, look, Tiger making the cut, Tiger shooting what he did on Saturday. Like, I was, of course, that's that's what I was paying most attention to. The other thing kind of adjacent that I think I was most looking forward to uh, was baseball. It was opening weekend for UH baseball, and obviously the weather kind of – uh, you know, getting in the way of the TV broadcast on Friday. I get it. Um, but uh, was was tuned in on Sunday. Uh, I love the Sunday afternoon games. Uh, that's what I grow up. That's what I remember growing up. Those were the games I most remember watching, like, you know, with with my parents, like Sunday afternoon at home. Things had kind of calmed down for the weekend. So, that, so to get one of those games in uh, was a treat. And obviously they played really well. So those were kind of the two things. Obviously, the volleyball team back home is a big deal. Obviously, uh, you know the, the the basketball squads are are uh, kind of in crunch time right yeah. now as as they head down the final couple of weeks before they get to the conference tournaments. But yeah, those are the two things: like Tiger, who we haven't seen in a long time, and the baseball team, who we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I was uh, I was very excited about baseball season uh, getting underway, and that was a bit of a bummer on Friday, right? Spectrum Sports was uh, initially scheduled to broadcast the baseball season opener against Wright State, but the weather was, I mean, it was iffy. Uh, 
to to say the least. And so, you know, it was one of those executive calls, right, where, um, you know, you can take the chance and try to move the production to Les Murakami Stadium. And if there is a rain delay or postponement, uh, then you're you're basically out of luck, whereas you can go for the sure thing in the arena uh, with the UH men's volleyball team. Uh, and so, yeah, a decision had to be made, and, and, and that was the decision that, that was made. And I think, hey, look, hindsight being 2020, uh, they got the game in. Uh, it would actually be the only game of the series that Hawaii would lose, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, I think hindsight being 2020, yeah, uh, maybe the, the, we, we uh, Spectrum Sports could have, have kept that production there. But I think under the circumstances, when every forecast seemed to be saying that it was going to be continual rain throughout the evening and into the next day, uh, I, I do think that that was probably the most sound decision to be made at the time. But it also proves, and I said this on the broadcast uh, on Sunday, uh, it also proves that uh, Rich Hill is not just a great baseball coach, but maybe the best media meteorologist in the state and I would suggest that uh, Guy Hoggy, Justin Cruz, the like, Ben Gutierrez, all of them, uh, that they look out because Rich Hill is coming because this guy was was steadfast in his commitment to play that game and sure enough, they got the whole thing in. It was unbelievable and then the rest of the series went according to, to schedule as well. Like, Rich knows something that we don't know, man. Yeah, I, I think it's because he paddles out to such a, you know, a a depth that he gets a little bit different weather forecast out there. He kind of sees what's coming. He gets a feel of of what's coming around the point when he's you know stand up paddle boarding wherever he's at. Uh, I assume along the southern shore. Like he just, <laughs> I, I think he's just a little more in tune. Yeah, no, I think he talks about like the Windy app. Uh, he he uh, he adheres to the Windy app, which I think has a free component. But if you pay more, you get like the more detailed forecast information. And so I think you know we're all playing checkers and, and he's playing chess over here when it comes to the weather forecast so or maybe we're just playing connect four i don't know 808-296-1420 is the number i got jordan helly joining me from the island of maui no guests lined up today there was just such a long weekend and a loaded weekend felt like there was uh, plenty to talk about wanted to give us uh, the room and latitude to do so and also uh, to accept calls or texts if you have any uh, suggestions questions comments all of that stuff we are definitely wide open there while we're on the topic of the uh baseball program uh they win three of four against the right state team that has traditionally been a power in the horizon league and while the horizon league is not considered by any stretch to be one of the upper echelon conferences uh, in the country uh, right state is a program that kind of runs that show and they have made it to uh, in the previous seven years five ncaa regionals and so they know a thing or two about winning uh, i think that that 3-1 series victory for hawaii is going to age very well because this is going to be a right state team. I'm, I'm sure of it. That's going to win a lot of games. Um, they're going to win a lot of games in conference for sure, and they're probably going to be right there on the precipice of making it to another postseason. And so RPI-wise, right, and that's something that is in such great consideration, for any of these coaches, uh, especially coming out of the Big West Conference, when you schedule in the non-conference, uh, that is that is something that I think is going to be uh, positively impacted by the performance of this Hawaii team. A Hawaii team that scored a boatload of runs. Uh, a Hawaii team that appears to not have any sort of traditional starting pitching rotation. Uh, Tropical Swarm, indeed, almost by default, because I just don't know if this team has uh, really a lineup of two or three guys that you can say, all right, he's a seven-inning guy, he's a possible seven-inning guy, he's a possible six-inning guy. They don't really have those kinds of pitchers. I, I think that a lot of their their 
thinking and philosophy here at the front end of this season, aside from just not wanting to wear guys out too early. But I think a lot of it is just based on personality, just based on pitching style. Um, I, I think this coaching staff is convinced, yeah, I don't know if we have a true traditional starting rotation of pitchers. I think we got to kind of go by committee, game in and game out, and it's going to be interesting how that evolves throughout the year. But what were your impressions of this Rainbow Warrior baseball team in weekend number one? Yeah, exciting group. I think it's a pretty athletic group, which makes for some exciting baseball, whether it's uh, you know the, the ability to take the extra base. Uh, we saw some really good defensive plays throughout the weekend whether it's uh you know your your everyday catcher taking home uh you know stealing a run basically on a ball that doesn't bounce very far away on a on a pitch in the dirt in, in Dallas Duarte who who did that on Sunday so i think it's going to be a team that is entertaining for sure uh it's interesting with the pitching situation right i think that could work out in your favor because it's hard to kind of lock in from a batting standpoint right uh, uh queuing in on, on some of these guys um but you're going to need innings eaters you're going to need guys who can I, I think later on in the season and maybe we'll see that develop it'll be interesting once once things uh get into conference and you're dealing with three game series and things like that but um and then the other aspect of it right uh, kind of similar to what we saw last year like the lineup is littered with local kids uh from multiple yeah islands, 20 out of the 40 leagues. on the roster as a matter of fact yeah so it's half the roster it's like i don't know what was it uh over 80%, 90% of the lineup on on Friday or whatever it was. Like, they, you know, they, these are, they're not only on the team, they're playing a lot. Some of the new faces are pretty intriguing. Uh, obviously, with a, with a Ben Ziegler Namoa and what he's able to do, both pitching and hitting the baseball. So, yeah, I think uh, we, we, we saw a lot of the things we expected to see um, and were kind of told to expect to see. Uh, a lot of different guys on the mound, a lot of different players getting in the game. Uh, and then the, the local flair, man, it never hurts. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think one of the guys that you and I were both very excited to see was Ben Ziegler Namoa because of our familiarity with him when he was at Baldwin and he was just like this sophomore uh, who was a two-way player. He was pitching and mowing guys down, but also playing in the field and also raking. Uh, and that has stayed with that reputation has followed him uh, even through the COVID-interrupted years uh, onto Yavapai Junior College. Uh, and so he, he was a guy who, it was a funny story, was telling me that while he was at Yavapai last year, uh, he was thinking that maybe his days as a two-way player were done. Uh, that, uh, you know, he was pitching and he was hitting and, and playing first base uh, uh, primarily for Yavapai. Uh, and that uh, midway through the season, the coaching staff was like, yeah, so uh, Ben, you're, um, you're hitting 450. So I think we're going to have you focus on that as opposed to the pitching stuff. And it wasn't like he was pitching bad either. Uh, but I think he felt like, all right, this is kind of a crossroads in my career. It's, it's something that I need to make a decision regarding. Uh, I'm going to have to just focus on this aspect of, of the game. Uh, and then he comes over to, to the University of Hawaii. Um, and I don't think it was a decision that was contingent on being able to do both. But it appeared as though Hawaii presented him with that opportunity. Uh, and so here he comes. He works with Matt Troop, the pitching coach. They adjust his great on the baseball like they move his thumb just like oh so um, subtly to a different position and he immediately picks up four miles an hour uh, average on his fastball and so um, yeah I think this is a guy who looked good 
uh, in the innings that he pitched in, in that series finale. Uh, obviously, he can hit. He can bang. He had five runs batted in uh, in the third game, which was the second game of the doubleheader on Saturday. He went yard. Um, I think this is a team that's going to score runs. Did you see that home run hit by Kyson Donahue in the series finale on Sunday? I mean, that thing was like a majestic shot. I mean, that was a no-doubter way out of here. Jared Quant, uh, who had a home run uh, in that uh, Saturday uh, second game of the doubleheader as well, and then had the catch up against the wall, and I stole Jordan Helley's line uh, because we were on a group text, and you were like, hey, that was like a quantum leap catch, uh, and I stole it, and I, I and I should give you the credit that you deserve there on that. But, <laughs> no, I think, you know, defensively they looked sharp, right? The, the, the glove work, some of the, the double play turning, um, and, and then I think the bats, I, I think they're going to score. They're going to score runs. I think the pitching is going to be the big question mark because uh, when you have to rely on so many arms per game, which appears to be the likelihood here unless someone sort of emerges over time as being a guy that can grind more innings from the beginning of a game. Um, I, I, when you when you introduce more arms, it just introduces more variables, right? It just means there's less of a of a reliance on like a guy, like a workhorse guy that can get you to the fifth or sixth or seventh inning. Uh, the more arms you introduce, the more you have to hope that all of those guys are on that day. Uh, and I think that that's a, a tall ad. And so I think that's going to be the question mark going forward, uh, having to work those combinations and trying to find uh, a, a concoction that, that works best and, and is, is as reliable as possible, especially when you get into conference play. Yeah, the, it just adds more to the equation, right? Uh, if you can go from, from one guy to a, maybe a, a bridge guy and then a closer, fewer moving parts, right? If you, if you get six, seven guys out there. And, and look, it, their jobs are simpler, right? It, it's maybe get three outs. It's maybe get through the lineup one time. And so you simplify things a little bit. You may you maybe increase the chance of each guy doing his job properly because it's it's a, a little bit more of a refined focus. But at the end of the day, yeah, there, there are more moving parts. You need all of these guys to, 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 to do their job as opposed to maybe one guy, right, getting you six innings or something like that. So, but it's it's modern baseball, like you know. Um, <laughs> that is true. Is, this is this is what we see at the major league level. Maybe not every night, but you know, at, at certain points, you're going to use an opener. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna staff a game, right? The the old term, like it is what it is. And and the thing is, I think if you're on this team, like you're gonna get you're gonna get opportunities to play, uh, especially if you're a pitcher, right? You're gonna you're gonna get opportunities to get in the game and contribute and. And as you point out, it's it's a team that uh, I, I agree. I think will score runs. They, it's a team that puts the ball in play. Um, it's a team that's got a nice mixture now, uh, you know, with some with some pop in that lineup. Guys that get on base. Uh, Kyson Donahue's shot was was I think still maybe uh, <laughs> orbiting the earth. Uh, that dude just uh, did he get bigger? Like I feel like he's bigger than last year. He looks year. And the part, yeah. I mean, he was big last year. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but the dude, right? I mean, what six three two ten? They yeah, he's he's at. put together, man. But he uh, he looks the part. Just like when he steps in the box, you're like, oh, that guy, that guy looks like a player, right? And then and then he goes and does that. And well, like, his oh, okay. dad's name is Conan, so yeah, he looks like a guy whose sure. dad or or like you know who comes from the same DNA strand as a guy named Conan. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. That, and 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 so it's like okay that that matches up right when he can when he can hit one to the moon, uh, and did so it's like okay yeah they, he just looked the part right, and so I, I think it's a, it's a group that that people should get excited about, um you know they got the the big tournament obviously in San Diego they got some good teams coming to town as well, 
uh, at the less. And, and I would imagine it's a team that, that people will easily get behind, uh, not that they ever usually struggle you know, to put people in the seats, but uh, I think uh, I think this is could could be an exciting year. There, I, I, again, I, I fall back to I think they will be an entertaining bunch, and hopefully that also equates to a lot of wins. Thanks for letting me steal your line, by the way. On the yeah, air. yeah, no problem, no problem. I was, I was wondering see, if you caught that kind of, or not. Yeah, yeah, it, it seemed to um, lend itself. You yeah, know? I mean, right, it was right. a leap at the wall. <laughs> You know, his, yeah. his name's Quant. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's not the first time he's heard it. I'm going to guess. <laughs> you know? I like it, though. Uh, I like it. So I appreciate that. That's great. I love when you're, like, at home watching the games and you can become, like, my Cyrano de Bergerac of sports broadcasting. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, the, the group chat isn't always complimented. <laughs> I will say that. So, you know, we, we, like to, we like to keep you on your toes. No, and, that's good uh, stuff. You know, no, happy to happy to help. Happy to help. <laughs> Jordan Helley, always contributing no matter what, in, in, in every capacity. Uh, all right, ESPN Honolulu presents Call the Coach with Charlie Wade. It is tonight. A little bit of adjustment on the start time, though. 6.30 p.m. at Ruby Tuesday in the Moanalua Shopping Center. Get the latest on UH Warrior Volleyball. Meet Coach Charlie Wade. Win prizes, too. And this is one of those rare instances where the Call the Coach is on a Tuesday at Ruby Tuesday, which I've just been begging for uh, because you've had it on like a Monday and a Wednesday. It just makes so much more branding sense if we can lock it down to a Tuesday. It works out so great in this instance. So, yeah, Charlie Wade, call the coach. Uh, it is uh, going to be at Ruby Tuesday tonight. Again, a little bit later start time, uh, 6.30 p.m. is when it will go down. So tune in for that. Jordan Helley is joining me from Maui. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Let's Talk Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Coming to you on a Tuesday. Hope you had a good long weekend. Got a little relaxation in there uh, as we get ready for another busy week of University of Hawaii sports. Got the UH men's volleyball program back in action on its home floor. Second of like a five straight weekend homestand. They're hosting Long Island University here this week, Wednesday and Friday. Then the Rainbow Warrior basketball team has got a big week as well. They got UC Riverside coming into the house on Thursday and then a nationally televised game with UC Irvine on Saturday and with UC Santa Barbara stumbling a little bit at the top of the Big West Conference standings, uh, that men's Big West Conference regular season title is very much still attainable for a host of teams, all three of whom are going to be playing in Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center here this week. So, uh, yeah, we're gearing up for that, and I'm sure we'll uh, get into some chatter uh, about that stuff here as the week goes on. Uh, Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Jordan Helley is joining from the island of Maui. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also text in if you have a question or comment. Uh, wanted to ask you what your thoughts are. Uh, are Jordan on this column that was written in the Honolulu Star Advertiser uh, by our friend Stephen Sai. Uh, the headline was UH needs to expand AD search group if it hopes to be great. And basically the first line uh, was one that was very pointed. Uh, he says the University of Hawaii, it seems, is a good school that does not want to be great. And basically what he is inferring is the set of guidelines that was presented behind the official announcement of a selection committee and the official opening of the application 
application process for the soon-to-be vacant athletics director position uh, was one that he feels like might paint this search into a bit of a corner. Uh, That is because uh, the guidelines among them require three years of athletic administrative experience at a collegiate uh, institution. Uh, and so uh, Stephen put quite the list of uh, would-be eye-popping candidates uh, that uh, or, or that would not be, at least based on those uh, criteria, would not be uh, eligible. And so uh, he, he says basically uh, that eliminates the likes of Bill Gates, Mark Cuban, Jerry West, Pat Riley. I love how Pat Riley is followed by Michael W. Perry, and then that's followed by Oprah. And then right after Oprah is Josh Green. And then he goes Peter Ho and Barack Obama. I mean, that is quite the uh, comprehensive and extensive list. Point made, Stephen Sy. But I, I think it is a valid point for sure. Um, you know, he, he was saying even Charlie Baker, who is the new NCAA president, would not be eligible. And that is because of the list of minimum and desired qualifications. Uh, and Stephen's saying, hey, look, let's make this simple. There should only be two, maybe three qualifications. You need a college degree. It is a research institution. It is an institution of higher learning and no felony convictions. Yeah, he says maybe even, you know, you could delve deeper into uh, making sure that they don't have, you know, any uh, uh, checkered past in terms of like social media posts or something like that. Uh, but I think his point is is well made. Uh, I'm wondering if, if you... Uh, also sort of find some validity into what Stephen Sy was trying to project in his column this morning. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I think I'm not, and it's not to say, and I think Stephen says it well as, uh, in his column too, that, you know, it's, it's not to say that there isn't an, a good candidate existing in house, right? That doesn't, this, this isn't no, to say no. like, Hey, maybe that's not the best option. Right. But you have to, you have to explore outside. Like the only way you are able to zero in on the best candidate is to cast as wide a net as possible. Um, and and part of that is is writing up a job description that uh, allows you to then go ahead and, and cast the widest net as possible. Right? Check marks on a resume are are good. They are you know maybe desired qualifications, but not mandatory. Would 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 be the way that I would have gone about it. And, and maybe there's some language that lawyers or attorneys can can point out in there that that allows that. But I think for the University of Hawaii, right? And we have talked about this so much, and, and often from a football perspective, because it is the program that uh, brings in the most revenue and also costs the most, right? And and when it comes to facilities, when it comes to to everything that goes about it, it, it eats up the most scholarships. It it it, it creates the most travel because of, of the far reaches of the Mountain West Conference as opposed to the California directs uh, that exist in the Big West. And and so just it, it, it necessitates creative thinking, right, from a, from a marketing standpoint, mm-hmm. from everything that goes along with it. And, and maybe that person exists already um, that, uh, you know, is either in-house or has worked for three years in a collegiate setting, right? Maybe not at the University of Hawaii, but but elsewhere. But that also, you know, maybe you need to look in the business sector. Maybe you need to look elsewhere, right? Uh, uh, folks that have been successful in sports, maybe at a professional level, uh, to, to Stephen's point, right, when he's talking about, you know, NBA executives like Jerry West and Pat Riley, who are also, you know, uh, backgrounds go much further than that. But you you need to. Like, that's that's the way things are. And, and I think this this times up nicely with the fact that you know they're the the reporting is heating up once again on 
on conference realignment, right, with the Pac-12 seemingly, San Diego State seems imminent, um, SMU maybe next in line. But but that's at least one Mountain West Conference school, right? Fresno State uh, has reportedly been in talks with the Big 12. Boise State kind of eh, on the fringe of Pac-12 discussion, but maybe more of a target of the Big 12. The Colorado States, the UNLVs, the Air Forces, like half of the Mountain West Conference, and again, this is a football angle, has, you know, at least been in some sort of report here or there, some stronger than others from the scale of, almost guarantees that San Diego State is leaving to, you know, maybe something on the periphery like an Air Force or something like that. But the conference is going to look different here really soon. Uh, and we've gone through this exercise before, and Hawaii was able to find a really good landing spot in, in the Mountain West and, and its non-football sports in the Big West. But that is going to be a huge, huge task, right? And how is that going to impact the university? How is it going to impact the football program? How is it going to affect the rest of the programs? Uh, in the athletic department, how's that going to affect revenue, cost, everything that comes along with it? Um, and so you need to get as creative as possible, and sometimes that maybe would start with being as creative as possible in the hiring process. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you uh, 100%. I, I think I vibe with what Stephen was trying to suggest. Uh, the, the casting of a wide net is important uh, because this is a time of constant change in the intercollegiate athletics landscape, right? We don't know exactly where this is all going to go. Uh, And with Hawaii being in such a transitional phase with regard to its football program, that's sort of another thing, right, is not having someone that represents football specifically or uh, or at least explicitly on the selection committee, um, whereas you have football being so unique to the equation because it is a football-only member of the Mountain West Conference, and it just... It feels like that input would be important. I I am not in any way, just like you're uh, suggesting, um, you know, not trying to uh, take away from any of the in-house applicants or trying to take away from any of the selection committee members, because I think they are all absolutely quality people. I, I think the idea is just to try to expand the discourse as much as possible, uh, because, you know, that way, uh, you know, the, the, the greater the amount of ideas, the, the greater the quality potentially of the ideas that you then uh, end up on, right, that you then select. And the same goes for candidates is is the wider scope that you take to this thing, uh, the more inclusive you are of different ideas and and different angles and different perspectives, uh, maybe the more quality candidate you can ultimately settle on. And that isn't to say that you won't still settle on someone who is in-house, but I think all that does is further vet that person as being of a quality and a caliber that justifies uh, being the, the selection committee's recommendation to David Lassner, who will ultimately have uh, the final decision or the final say in this matter. And so, yeah, I I think to me that just seems like a very simple kind of way to go about it or or, or an obvious way to go about it. And I think what it also does is it fends off some of the the potential naysayers, some of the critics who are going to suggest that, you know, Hawaii has an idea in mind and and, maybe they do. I don't know. Um, But but I think what you do is if you if you use different language in the requirements and and in the structure of what you're looking for here uh, when trying to uh, elicit or or solicit applicants, Uh, what you do is you sort of fight off some of that that, uh, 
some of the criticism that would otherwise come your way. And, and I think that that's, you know, that's something. The optics of this are, in this day and age, almost as important sometimes as, as the reality, right? Uh, and so I think that that was another thing that Hawaii could have done or the University of Hawaii could have done uh, in this process. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I think uh, in, a, in a perfect world, uh, because UH uh, is in a position of, of transition on so many fronts, uh, because college sports as a whole just continues to evolve at, a, at an exponentially fast rate, um, you know, I think you just need to be all-inclusive in the discussion about how to deal with it um, because that AD position also continues to change, right? You become less of a traditional uh, school administrator and more of a CEO of a business, right? And this thing just continues to have different factors uh, that play into it. So, uh, yeah, just something to think about. I think uh, Stephen Sai, where he's coming from with this, uh, makes a lot of sense for sure. Now, the other thing is, you know, reading through some of the... Uh, requirements and, and readings through sort of what UH posted publicly about the requirements and trying to solicit the applications, um, you know, there could be some language in there that could be construed or twisted to be able to um, consider people who are outside of that specific realm. You know, sometimes that's that's worthy of at least discussion or debate, the translation of what some of those clauses actually say. But the minimum requirements seem to be or appear to be fairly straightforward. Uh, and so in that case, they do ask for uh, three years of administrative uh experience uh, in uh, intercollegiate uh, athletic programs at some point along the way uh, and the ability to sort of run a department. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. Uh, we don't want to remind you that Domino's Pizza's uh, Hawaii is here to help you fight inflation and doing so uh, by coming up with some very unique deals. And one of them is going right now. If you order online, you can save up to 20% on all menu priced items. Again, that's when you order online. Domino's Pizza Hawaii, a supporter of Let's Talk Sports. All right, more with Jordan Helley when we come back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here at the PAXA Studios in Honolulu. Jordan Helley is joining me from the island of Maui. And, uh, well, we got a little bit of time here. We can get into uh, some uh, of the bucket O questions. Are you down with that, Jordan? Always. All right, yeah. I'll unleash the bucket. Unleash the bucket. 808-296-1420, by the way, the number to call or text. Uh, all right, here we go. First question out of the bucket. Uh, because it's been a fully loaded weekend of sports here, uh, there is a lot to get to. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the opening weekend of the XFL. Jordan, what do you think? Overall, thumbs up. I'm going to go overall thumbs up. It's like a 45-degree uh, up from, <laughs> from flatlining. Um, I, I, I like the XFL. I've always kind of been drawn to that a little bit more than the USFL of the spring leagues. I'm not trying to say that we need only one. Uh, if both can coexist, however that looks. Um, I think great. I'm a little more skeptical as to both existing. Um, in the spring, I, I, I don't know why even the, the, the previous iteration, uh, you know, obviously with the, with the rock and all those ties, kind of cool. Um, with this iteration, uh, I like that it's a, it's, it's a little more national. The USFL was like in one city last year, uh, and I think they're in two host sites or whatever it is this year. But 
I think there's I think there's a lot of potential. Look, like Vic Beasley's playing in this league. You got like former All Pros. Josh Gordon is in this XFL, uh, and, and so I, I think you know you saw some exciting games. I think some of the the rule innovations are going to catch on, like the way that they do kickoffs. Uh, how they go about some of the instant replay and the replay review mm-hmm. uh, with Dean Blandino. I think some of those things are going to eventually make their way to the NFL because I think they are smart, they are safer, they are more efficient uh, while keeping sort of the integrity of, of big plays, of special teams plays. Uh, so I think it's kind of cool from that point. I think you see a lot of familiar names. Obviously, you see some of the University of Hawaii guys, um, like a Cole McDonald scoring a touchdown. You see some of the Hawaii guys in general, like Pearl City High School's Jordan Ta'amu. So there are a lot of connections there. Um, I think the appetite for football is always going to be there in the spring. Like, so I'm I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Uh, June Jones, can we get him like a proper quarterback? Yeah, like, love Ben DiNucci. Don't I'm not trying to I'm not trying to bag too much on Ben DiNucci, but boy, my guy went in the tank in the second half of that Seattle DC game after playing well in the first half. He threw a couple of picks and he was a shell of himself. They have Josh Gordon on their team. Like, can you imagine Josh Gordon running around in the running shoes? Like, get them a get them a quarterback. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, Paxton Lynch got benched, and uh, this little tidbit got posted on social media. Paxton Lynch is the only quarterback to ever be benched in the NFL, CFL, XFL, and USFL. Go oh, Paxton! Boy. I do yeah. like um, you know. From a thumbs up or thumbs down standpoint, yeah, the, the, the football could have been better. It was the first weekend out the gate, and so you imagine there's going to be a little bit of a, of a growing pains process. But that said, I do love the rules, the point after rules. I mean, you can go for a three point conversion from the ten yard line. Uh, I love the in lieu of an onside kick, you can do basically what is a fourth and fifteen conversion yeah. to try to get the football. Like that stuff is great, and I agree with you. I do think at some point uh, the NFL is going to adopt uh, some of those rules. You know, we've kind of seen that, right? It happened the first iteration of the XFL when they had like the camera that was overhead uh, that you know would would give you different angles, almost like video game like. Yeah. The NFL ended up adopting that, and that's now very uh, common uh, old hat uh, when it comes to NFL broadcast coverage. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure more of that is coming. All right, we reach into the bucket for another question. All right, rank the NBA All Star Game festivities from best to absolute worst. All right, so let's just list them. You have the game itself. All right. You got the slam dunk. You got the three point contest. You got the skills challenge. Celebrity game. Rising stars. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Forgive me for getting about the celebrity <laughs> game. Um, where, what are we, where are we starting with best? best to worst? Yeah. What's the best part of all of that? And take us down to the uh, worst. The best is the three point contest. That I think has eclipsed the the slam dunk contest. I love the Mac McClung story. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Uh, and he was terrific. The rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, um, so I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go with the the three point contest. Then I'm still gonna go with the game because ultimately that's where you see the biggest names. Okay. I didn't love how uncompetitive the fourth quarter was. Uh, I just did not like that at all. But you still saw some ridiculous plays. Sure. I still go back to, like, the Jokic lob he threw, I think, to LeBron cutting down the key. He had to throw it, like, to the Raptors to get the timing right. <laughs> and just the touch of that play. And I get it. Nobody was playing defense, but just the touch. Wait, you didn't like of... you didn't like when they were trying to hit the target score at the end and they were just taking half-court shots? That wasn't fun? Yeah. That wasn't cool for you? No, it looks like a terrible pickup game that I see at, like, Kahului <laughs> School Park. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, none of you guys are Dame Lillard. What are we doing? Well, and even then they he tried it. Go, yeah, I know. And then they actually did it. Oh, no, I didn't love that. But you, st- it's still like you still see the biggest names on the floor. Yeah. 
doing really athletic things. Okay, all right. So you and got so you there, got, there you, are enough salvageable moments over the course of the the four quarters where you're like, hey. All right. Okay. So, so you got it, three point contest. Then you got the game. Where are you going after that? Then I'm going rising stars. Whoa. See the young guys, right? Okay. The young guys. The sure. young guys are exciting. It's a league of young talent. They're still hungry. They're not jaded. They're still, yeah, they're, it was a little more competitive <laughs> in the little bit that I saw. Again, I didn't watch a ton of it. I kind of tuned in and out. Like, I was watching the end of the XFL game, then switched it over to the end of the All-Star <laughs> game. So hey. that just shows you where my priorities were. Uh, the Rock will be very happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with my Zoe, uh energy drink as I was uh, <laughs> trying to keep myself awake for the end of the All-Star game. Um <laughs> Then I'll go dunk contest, followed by the celebrity game. You the left celebrity out, game is what it is. You left out skills challenge. Oh. Which I think you didn't because that was probably going to yeah. be at the bottom, right? Uh, yeah, let's put that under the celebrity game. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. I, I think I go three-point contest as well. I still put the dunk contest just because, you know, it has the most potential to be fantastic and at least something that's like wow that's cool like mac mcclung that was a heck of a performance man uh that that was that was really cool and and while you want bigger names uh that would be fun um and what was funny was you had like kevin durant who was sort of criticizing like why some of the bigger names don't take part in some of those uh events and it was like well when was the last time we saw you in the three-point contest there kd but um but no, I think the, the dunk contest at least still has the potential for like something. It's like, wow, eye-popping. I can't believe this human being can do that kind of thing uh, while dunking a basketball. I think I go that number two. And then I'll go with the – I think I'll go with the All-Star game itself, number three, Rising Stars right after that. Uh, and then below that, maybe tied at the bottom, like the the ocean bottom, <laughs> will be the celebrity game, and then the skills challenge. The skill challenge is like that's a tough watch, man. Especially like the 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 bounce pass and pass uh, skill where they're just like rotating from station to station and just like throwing it into the target. And it's just not good TV. There's no real rhythm to it. Uh, and even just the team makeup where it's like the Antetokounmpo brothers, except for Giannis. Like, okay, well, that's going to be a tough one, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's like Giannis like attempted. Jackson, exactly. Jackson 5 is back together. <laughs> Without Michael, Without exactly. Michael. Okay. That's exactly Thanks, what it guys. is. Uh, so that one was kind of rough. And then the celebrity game is so funny because you have all these like non-athletes, right? People of other uh, industries, actors, musicians, all this stuff. But then you sprinkle in like these NFL studs who are just like, you know, it's like they're not basketball players, but they are professional athletic human beings of another dimension, uh, and they're just swatting everybody. It just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Like if you're gonna have a celebrity game. Make the celebrities at least like of somewhat even keel. Yeah. Uh, so that that part always like, kind of kills able me. To play. Like if they just took the Pro Bowlers and put them in the celebrity All Star game at the NBA All Star weekend, like I'd be for that. Yeah. Like just give me more DK Metcalfs. Give me more of that. Exactly. It's just kind of weird. It's like, hey, here's Rudy Giuliani and DK Metcalf. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's just that's a, the same court? <laughs> it's a little wide of a spectrum to try to sell. So, yeah, I, I go those two uh, at the bottom. All right. Uh, we solved a lot of problems there. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, next question. Here we go. Most excited to watch on a Sunday. I guess this was an example here this past Sunday. A scoreboard leading John Rahm or an also ran finishing Tiger Woods? More exciting? Yes. No, it's Tiger. Really? Yeah. Yeah, John Rahm is playing out of his mind, and he has been for months now. Um, Ridiculous. The dude looks like a fullback or a linebacker, and he's got the touch of 
like the feathery touch of, of <laughs> I don't even know what you know he's, he's like he's he, 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 he like like Steph Curry or something yeah uh, he's and, crazy and he also, man and he also hits it a country mile and he seems like such a nice guy too yeah and so it's like yeah he is outstanding uh, but maybe maybe that's part of it maybe I'm spoiled maybe I'm like well he's doing this every week oh there's there's Rahm in contention again. Oh, hey, John Rahm's inside the top three. Oh, don't look now. John Rahm's making a charge on Saturday. Uh, so maybe I'm just spoiled by his consistent greatness, um, and I'm just starved of Tiger Woods. And I and, and he hadn't played a competitive round in a while. So, um, yeah, like I was – there was a good leaderboard. Yeah, at, it was a really Genesis. good leaderboard. It was a really good leaderboard. Did I watch that part of it? Yeah, not really. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to watch the early coverage because Tiger was playing. No, 100%. And and even like, you know, they had the options uh, on the first couple of days where you could follow specific groups on the ESPN app, yep. right? And, and I was I, I was all on Tiger. Like, yeah. I wasn't worried about the number one golfer in the world nope. or whatever. Like, no, I just wanted to watch Tiger play. And I don't care if Tiger duffs it. I don't care if he shanks it. Like, I just wanted to watch Tiger play. And it was funny. Mike Wilbon was on PTI yesterday, and he was trying to suggest that that wasn't the case for him. He's like, yeah, you know, ESPN with all these different... Different options of follow Tiger. No, I want to watch the best in the game. And I'm like, you're full of it, Mike. You're absolutely lying to the entire country. You, just like all of us, want to watch Tiger Woods play golf. And if he makes it to the weekend, you're still going to watch him, even if his best finish possibly would be like in the 20s or something like that. It's Tiger. And you know what? John Rahm is on such an incredible run. You know what we do? We compare him to Tiger. That's what we're doing. We're like saying, hey, John Rahm is on a Tiger-like run. So uh, that tells the story right there. Uh, the golf universe still uh, revolves around Tiger Woods. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any lie about that. Yeah, absolutely. Will Bond. <laughs> Get off my Mike. lawn. I do. I do God. pardon. I don't. Will, I don't yeah. pardon that interruption. Yeah, no pardons here, Mike. <laughs> I will say, for as, for as sanctimonious as Will Bond is, is there, there's still not a better show like on sports television. It, it's the OG. It's it, still so good. It's the Tiger Woods of debate show. You it know what really I mean? is. Yeah. It really is. Like, if PTI, if I am home, like, I, you know, I, I get a break from work or something, like, PTI is on or the replay's on later in the day, like, I watch. Like, it's still so good. Yeah. Like, Kornheiser's great. I totally Wilbon's agree. the perfect, you know, compliment. They're the perfect compliment to it's like PTI is still better than anything, and it's like funny any of these other shows. And it's funny because they've graduated to kind of being like the grumpy old guys from the They're Muppet the Show, right? But Absolutely. then like that like actually works, like that works on another level as well, it's you know? Like, because there's this, this level of self-deprecation, especially oh, yeah. especially with Kornheiser, and it's like I, that that show just still has the magic. It still has that intangible, like okay, this is good. Everything else is just a little too forced, a little too manufactured. That one's still kind has some genuineness uh, to it, even though Mike Wilbon was completely lying about the Tiger Woods thing yesterday. All right, uh, we want to bid farewell to Aloha Stadium this Saturday. Get on down there, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. It is the Aloha to Aloha Stadium. Field activities, photo ops with current and former UH football players, giveaways, vendors, entertainment, food and drink, unguided tour of the Hawaii Sports Hall of Fame and Old Queen Street, Stadium Museum, event memorabilia from the past 47 years. Tickets are available at alohastadium.hawaii.gov. Best and worst to finish the show when we come back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Jordan Helley is joining me from the island of Maui. It is our last segment of the day. And so we like to end things, as usual, with our best and worst. Uh, let's go to your best first. Jordan, what's your best? 
Yeah, my best. This kind of just came to me because we were talking about Kornheiser and PTI. So I, it, he makes me laugh, like, at least three times every time I watch Kornheiser. Show, which isn't every day. Kornheiser, yeah. that is. Um, and they, he was talking with – he was doing the show with Pablo Torre, who fills in from time to time. <laughs> Pablo uh, Torre. And so, which is, of course, <laughs> then it becomes like a, a – you know, to, to borrow your guy's old line, right, a gener- generationally challenged like ah, discussion. Yeah. Uh, and they were talking about something, like, that kids say – like a, I forget exactly what it was, but like some some sort of slang lingo, whatever, right? Uh, and then they're going to commercial break, and they kind of you know have those like candid behind the scenes oh, conversations yeah. with the two. And Kornheiser is like, "Is that what they're saying now, Pablo? Is that is that what the kids are into?" And he's like, "Oh, Tony, it's all the rage." <laughs> and he goes, "Well, I like pork chops." <laughs> that was that was it. That was, that was it. it. Then, then they went to commercial, I and he's like, "I chops. guess that's what the kids like doing." But I'll tell you what, I like I like pork chops. I like pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? where did that come so from? So take that. But you with... know what? I laughed. I laughed. And I was like, this show is still freaking great. It is great. So take that with your I'm being sus. You know what I'm being? I'm being yeah. uh, I'm being a fan of pork chops. Yeah, uh, these other shows are so mid. <laughs> Not PTI. That's, that's still like fire. Pork, they, they like pork chops. <laughs> oh, my God. We sound like idiots, don't we? All right. My best is Liz is in the next room like, wow, you guys. This is the first time. This is as animated as she's been the entire hour. Yeah, I, so cool. I, saw, yeah. <laughs> I saw her like yawning earlier in the show, but now we have her full now, attention. Now her eyes are rolling. <laughs> All right. Uh, my best. Colin Morikawa. Did you see this? He was mic'd up at the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. Like the way like the broadcasters were talking with him, the way like Charles and those guys talk with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady during the match, you know what I mean? And you, I've never really seen this, as a matter of fact, on a PGA Tour event with one of the, the golfers who was in contention, uh, and they did it. I think this was on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, and it was phenomenal. Like, Colin Morikawa was great. He mentioned Parker McLaughlin, who was helping yeah. him with his short game and, and mentioned him by name a couple of times, and I was like, this is fantastic. Uh, that is my best. Yeah, the short game chef. Yeah. yeah. I, I forgot he mentioned Parker. Uh, they talked to him much longer than I thought they were going to. Yeah, it went on for a while. All right, let's get to our uh, worst real quick. What is uh, what is your worst? Ah, Alonzo Ball being shut down for the season for my Bulls. Oh uh, yeah, the Bulls season just kind of never got going. It's been it's been dampened. I was never a Alonzo guy. They came to the Bulls. I like what he brings to the table. Uh, and uh, I'm just bummed for, bummed for him. Yeah, I mean, the Bulls, and then, what, you got the Hornets and, and what they've been dealing with with Melo. It's like neither of those teams have uh, have any balls. All right, my worst is Shaq getting Rui Hachimura's name wrong on the big podcast. This is Shaq's podcast. And I don't know if you heard this, uh, Jordan, but this is Shaq's exact line. He goes, let me apologize to Rudy Hachimura. I didn't know who he was because I never watched the Bullets play. All right, so, like, there's just all kinds of stuff wrong here uh but he's a fine role player so rudy hachimura i apologize i didn't know who you were i know you now and i wish you well and candace parker who's also on the podcast is like it's Rui. it's it's Rui hachimura so there were just so many things that that shaq was was getting wrong and um yeah he's one of the uh, premier analysts on tnt's coverage of nba basketball that's that's what we come to expect from tnt's <laughs> coverage of him it doesn't have to be accurate it's just got to be entertaining. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right. Book that's... ended by Chuck and Shaq. <laughs> All right. That's it for us. Hey, Liz, thanks for laughing at us. Jordan, thanks for uh, joining from Maui. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Let's talk sports.